Welcome to Floor Masters. I'm Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs, the number one flooring contractor in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. This podcast is about flooring installation, custom showers, kitchen remodels, bathroom models, everything involved from materials to pricing to how-tos and how-not. Get your headphones, get your pen and paper, and let's get it. Hey, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in to the Floor Master Podcast. This is another amazing show. It's a really huge show for me. It should be a huge show for you. So um, we have uh, the amazing Tom Reaver for the contractor fight. Tom, if you can do everybody a favor, introduce yourself, give a little background. Absolutely. Well, first, I appreciate you having me here. Um, and uh, it's, it's it's always good to talk to other like-minded people. But so, yeah, I, uh, you know, grew up outside of Chicago, uh, had a uncle that was a painter. My dad was a tile guy, believe it or not. And uh, my dad shrunk over the years because he was hunched over all the time. My uncle was still 6'3". Yeah. So I said, I'm going to work for my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I learned the trade. Long story short, went in and out of the Marine Corps, got out of the Marine Corps, uh, builds a pretty successful painting company. Um, and then in about 2010, started uh, getting tapped on the shoulder by people asking me to help them grow their businesses and things like that, because we were doing some pretty cool stuff. And um, long story short, that just lit the, that was like the pilot light being turned on for me to be able to have an impact bigger than I thought I was having anywhere else. And so since about 2012, I've been full-time helping contractors uh, get better, make more money and get their lives back and build stronger relationships. And we do it all in the contractor fight, man. And contractor fight is really the, it's the fight between our ears. Every, every one of us has some crap up there that we have to deal with. And, uh, and so we're, we're just like, Hey, let's, let's deal with the stuff between our ears first. And everything else usually falls into place after that. I've found that business is, you know, 90% what's between your ears and 10% math. So that's, that's it, man. So we were with, uh, home improvement contractors and, you know, from pretty much every trade from, uh, all around the world. We have have people that are in obviously the United States, all over North America, Australia, the UK, New Zealand, um, absolutely blown away by, uh, you know, just what we've been able to do here with my team and I in the, in the fight, man. So I appreciate you having me. Oh, curious. I don't know if I ever got this, uh, this story. Uh, or I guess the end of the story. When you transitioned from uh, the painting contractor to the the contractor guru, did you sell it or like what happened to the painting company? Yeah, I sold my half of the business to my business partner. Okay. Yeah, so, gotcha. um, and you know, he's a great guy and we had a great partnership. I learned a lot about partnerships and uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, poo-poo partnerships and it's kind of funny i i i actually love them i think when you have the right one plus one it equals three <laughs> you know and oh yeah uh, but also when you have the wrong one and the wrong one it's like a negative eight <laughs> so um yeah. you know most guys you know not the this is the topic here today but mo- most guys that partner do so for the wrong reasons or they partner with somebody that doesn't complement their skill sets they uh um 
you know, actually before I partnered with my first partner, I was looking at another partner. And when I look back, had I partnered with that guy, the skill sets he brought, uh, I could have gotten in just paying an employee really well and, you know, do yeah. some of that. So a lot of guys, you know, anyway, I don't, I don't want to get off a tangent, but hey, look, I love partnerships I and, and, uh, when you got the right ones. So, yeah. I I don't mind the tangents because just from you saying it, I'm going through uh, the E Myth book right now, mm-hmm. so I'm just seeing how uh, just from you mentioning the whole partnership thing. Um, if you don't figure out what what the whole puzzle is supposed to be, and you yeah. end up picking the wrong piece, just like ah, everything yeah. falls apart because it's like that's not what that's not what I need. I didn't just need a partner. I needed a partner for this specific reason. Yeah. Well, it's, you so know, I'm, I'm learning it's, that kind of it's, stuff. It's a marriage, right? I mean, it's a business partnership is truly a marriage. And so, Yo. you know, what I, uh, you might hear our attack chihuahua barking in the back. <laughs> so we've got, uh, we have three, three dogs. One of them is a massively huge. What's Fenway? Three pounds. Three pounds. <laughs> He's a little Mexican dog with an Irish name. So there you Yo. go. Finn. The teacup great Dane. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's, here's the thing with a partnership too. Usually when we start a business, you're not coming to the business with like bags of money in the closet. Right. And right. stuff like that. And so that owner's salary that you need, it's like doubled what you would need if you were on your own and just learned how to put some good processes in place and, and, uh, deliver a great experience and all those other things. Um, you know, it just makes, makes things a little bit harder financially if you don't have a good plan and a good mix of people so yeah well we want to talk about uh planning today our topic today is talking about planning and how just uh the impact it has what it does for a project um and i know that i've gotten some some good tips from listening to the contractor fight and for all our listeners if you don't know the contractor fight is a podcast that you can listen to. Uh, it's it's a it's a machine, honestly. It's it's a whole machine of of just information. If you want to better yourself as a contractor, but if you wanted to listen to the contractor fight, which like I did, you can check out the contractor fight podcast. But as far as planning goes, um, I wanted to talk to you about just what it does for for a project, and I know that uh, that you do have some 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 insight on. Uh, what it looks like to plan a project and to schedule a project and what it looks like when you don't plan a project. So yeah, let's just go off of the, uh, we'll start with how does the, how, how do you, you, you see a contractor benefiting from planning and scheduling a project? Mm-hmm. Well, let's, before we get into the benefits, we got a bunch, I have a bunch for the contractor that that'll, uh, you know, help a business in a heartbeat, but let's back up and put ourselves in the typical consumer's shoes, right? Mm-hmm. The person who's looking for a contractor, yeah. um, hiring one, working with one. Um, and, and for those that are consumers that listen to your podcast here, Anthony, um, you know, you could go over the contractor fight and you'll hear me giving shit to our contractors all the time. I've got getting their heads out of their butt and yeah. honoring their word and things like that. So, you know, I'm very, quick to call bs on both sides so um but the the typical consumer complaints 
I mean, you've been in the game a while. What What's one of the first ones that comes to your mind? That what that you, you ask it, you go on Facebook right now and you type in Facebook. What do you hate about contractors? What are people going to be typing in there? Uh, one of the ones is it took longer than they said it was going to take. Yeah, longer. There was a mess. I didn't hear back from them. So there's communication. There's the mess. Took longer. They they charged. They didn't me show more up the when end. they said they were going to show up. Yeah, didn't show up. They charged me more at the end. Uh, took me three weeks to get a guy out here to look at it. And now I'm waiting 10 days to get a price. You know, there's all these things. So, so everything that comes out of my mouth when, on this topic is really rooted in, I, I think you could, after about what I say, I'm about to say here in the next minute or two, you could pa- just stop the podcast. Not that you should but yeah. you could stop, go on with your life and be a better contractor. And that would be this. If you simply would address the biggest pains that a, con- a consumer has with a typical contractor, communicate better don't leave a damn mess you know honor your word and you know you know whatever you said you were going to do in your contract and pricing honor that um right there you're you're like head and shoulders above just about everybody else it's not that hard you know we went from zero to over 300 projects a year in three years because we focused on those things that's all we focused on i didn't even have a website man I had yeah. no marketing plan. I had, I, we just put ourselves in in the customer's shoes and just said, "Where where's the low-hanging fruit? And the low-hanging fruit, if you want to grow your contracting business, is do the simple stuff better than all the other guys. And that, that right there will get you on the way. But benefits, <clears throat> um, you know, the first one is, again, I, I'm getting a little deeper here because I want our people to understand the psychology here. Most contractors have a hard time growing their businesses and adding employees and all this other stuff because they don't understand that one of the greatest nuisances or, or um, fears of other human beings is chaos. We have all the, we have like five main fears. I won't get into all of them, but one of them is the fear of chaos as human beings. And, and the fear of chaos creates the need to have order. So if you're a contractor and you're having a hard time keeping a team together, look in the mirror and just ask yourself, where are we chaotic? And a lot of contracts are chaotic where their guys don't know where they're going until 11 o'clock the night before through a text. You know, they don't know what the plan for the week is. They get to a job and they're made to look stupid because they don't have a clear scope of work because we didn't do our job as a salesperson or as an owner to set expectations with the homeowner and hand things off properly with the team. So when you have the first benefit that I thought of was just, when you plan, you take the time to, um, you know, really think about what the ideal outcome of this project is going to be. You're going to have less chaos and less chaos means you're going to have a stronger team and you're going to build a stronger culture. So that's a huge benefit there. Second is, um, this should go without saying, but it's better for the client because the clients are people too, and they have a fear of chaos and they want order. Right. Okay. And, and when it's better for a client and they have a better experience, you know, our goal was always, you know, when, when we pull out of the driveway, and I would ask this in our sales process, I'd be like, Anthony, you're going to hire somebody to paint your house or do the tile or whatever. Um, and somebody's going to come in here, whether it's me or another contractor, and at the end of the job, you're going to stroke them a check. You're going to hand it to them at the island of your kitchen. They're going to walk out the door, get in their truck, and drive off into the sunset. What would have needed to happen for you to feel like that was the best experience you've ever had with a contractor in your life? And if we just asked people that and then delivered on that, 
and planned for those things. So one example, my old business, I asked that question. She said, she says, don't you dare wake my twins up. They were like infants. And this woman never slept. She wanted her house painted, but the most important thing to make it a great experience and less chaotic was with her is don't make noise between like one and two thirty every day because that's the only time that my kids ever sleep. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And those of us who had kids, you understand this. And so I just simply said to her, I said, So would it help if we just adjusted our start time later, took our lunch from one to two thirty, and we left the site every day for an hour and a half? Would that help out? You know, and from that, so it was just to give her some peace of mind, give her some order. So when you plan, and so we planned for that, we had our, we got our team together, we communicated all the things that were important, you know, to this client. And, uh, and we were like, guys, it's on us to deliver. You know, the one thing yeah. that could go wrong here is don't wake the kids up. <laughs> and so, and, and we delivered, and it was a great experience. And so it's better for the client. And when it's better for the client, you, you have a satisfied client that now turns into a loyal client, uh, which, you know, there's a lifetime value to that. Maybe, yeah, maybe they have you come in and do one project this year, but they have relatives, they have friends, they buy new houses, they sell this house and have to update it or whatever. You want to be the one they're talking about. So it's better, better for them and better for you, obviously, as a result. Um, higher profit. I mean, that's, you know, when we don't plan, there's so many inefficiencies that happen. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a mess. And you know, we could sell a job thinking we're going to make money on it. And we've all done this. And then you get to the end of the thing and you're like, where did it all go? Right. Uh, and that happens a lot on big jobs, you know, bigger jobs with guys. It's called um, scope creep. You know, you just keep, you don't have a clear plan and expectations for your team. Um, every bit of your profits is going to be leaked out. Cause we get complacent. We're like, Oh, I got this $50,000 project. I'm set for a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then we, we just kind of make stupid decisions. So, um, you know, planning is, um, planning also this benefits for the contractor planning gives security and provide one. Uh, I said, I wasn't going to in five years, but the, one of the <laughs> other fears is we have a fear of uncertainty and an unclear future as human beings. We want to know what our future looks like. And when you plan, you can give certainty to yourself, to your team, and all that. And, in, and again, in the process, it just builds a stronger culture. And when you have a strong culture as a business, you're unstoppable. Yeah. I think uh, one, of the, one of the benefits that I know for, uh, for the contract is, a contractor is, when you plan, it's a, it's a measurable scope. Mm -hmm. Like, you have a plan, you can say, all right, this job is going to take seven days. I have a plan for day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, and day seven that you can send to, if you have a team, you can send to your team, you can send to the customer, and everybody can follow the plan to say, okay, we are on point. Yeah. And that goes into the profit side to, to say, hey, look, I know if on day six I'm behind, it's costing me this much money. Bingo. Yep. And then you can make adjustments to say, okay, this is what needs to be done if I'm going to stay in this this percentage, this profit percentage. I need to make this adjustment. Yeah. And you can communicate that to your team, to the customer, and it's not, the chaos goes away. Right. You know, and I, I talked about, you know, the, the unsaid benefit of planning is a higher profit. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Like, um, 
we got to the point uh, with a lot of work and training um, where we could tell you the exact hour that we could do the final walkthrough with a customer. Like we, our, our team did such an amazing job and our foreman, we had several crews out in the field and stuff that they would go to the customer and go, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm going to be running your job. And they would, they would do a pre-job planning meeting with the customer to kind of lay out what was going to happen. Then they would be like, Hey, at four o'clock on Friday afternoon, Anthony, we're going to be ready to do the final walkthrough. So can I meet you at, at, you know, say quarter to four. And at that time, we will do your final walkthrough, address any issues there might be. Um, we'll go over your warranty information, like a closing packet, and we'll collect final payment. So you've totally set the agenda for what's going to happen. And the big thing with that, yeah, the profit's great and building our culture is great and all that, but it builds trust. It builds trust with the customer when you have that plan. And so many consumers for for good reason don't trust contractors because they think we're going to try to pull one over on them or whatever they you know you ever had that nitpicky customer that's looking over your shoulder the whole time and then they're super picky about the walkthrough at the job as a painting contractor we had like you know the blue tape people they'd walk around and put Mm, tape on everything right i had one lady put a whole roll of blue tape on the damn house a whole roll (laughs) and you know and the reason was looking back and was young in my career looking back i did not do a good job of building trust and saying this is our plan but when you sell a project um so i'll give you an example here what most contractors we've all done this um most of us at least you sell the job and say you know here it is june and it's on the schedule for some time in july you got four or five weeks six weeks whatever it is between the day you sold it and the day you do it And I call that the gap. You got this gap of time. What happens during that gap? You might be planning it on your end, but if you're not communicating that to the customer, you're not communicating that to your team of what what the future looks like, what's going on, what's happening behind the scenes. You know, we have like this radio silence the whole time. And then you show up the first day of the job, you knock on the door, go, hey, we're here. And you're like invading their home. And they don't know what's happening. They don't know what's expected. They don't know some of the things that maybe we could communicate to, to set them at ease or help them get their home ready for us to be there and all that other stuff. So I, I encourage guys to mind that gap, whatever that gap of time is. It's a great time to have some autoresponder email things set up like, hey, Anthony, we're excited to come paint your house the week of July 8th or whatever it is, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, here's two articles, you know, on our website that will give you some tips on how to get ready and what to expect you know, and, um, and, you know, I work with some guys that are doing that, creating great amounts of content that are educating people. So that by the time they show up on that first day, the customer feels like they've been communicated with, they feel safe. They feel like, man, these guys have their act together. And one huge result of that is benefit for the contractor is they're way less fussy at the end, you know, right? because, because you've been, you've, they can tell you've had a plan going into this thing the whole time. Yeah, I think I like you said. I think that's that's uh, just that peace of mind and uh, for the customer and being able to express that up front is one just gonna land you more jobs, just because you you set apart from for actually thinking about the project and it's not just so much focused on the the service. I always tell people the service is like bare minimum for us. 
Like that's the bottom of the barrel. We got to do a lot more than just the service. Yeah. And if we don't do that, the service is pointless because there's so many other people can that can do what we do. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I trust me, craftsmanship is important. You know, if you're going to pay for something, you need to make sure that, you know, they have their act together and the quality is going to be great. So let's just go, let's just assume you're kick-ass at tile and you're an AA plus craftsman and you're a C communicator and a C planner. There's a little bit of chaos and the experience is kind of up and down, but I'm a B installer, you know, B grade installer, but I'm an A when it comes to communication and the experience and all that other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, that's what people are going to remember because the average consumer, they don't know what you know about cut lines and all that other stuff. You know, they, they just, you know, and I get it. Like it's craftsmanship is important, but if you really want to, a lot of guys are like, why can't I ever seem to get over this hump in my business? Why am I always stuck in the same place? Um, I first place we look is what kind of experience you're delivering from people. You know, it's the mess, the communication, all those things we set up and talked about at the beginning of this. Those yeah. are all the things that really matter, um, actually way more than the actual paint job or tile or flooring or whatever you're doing. Right. I mean, and, and even with, with uh, mentioning the whole the, the planning process, it sounds like the planning starts before the phone even rings because you got to plan on how to ask those questions. The, the, the questions that you're going to ask to get the information, like you said, the, uh, the, the customer was, her main focus was her twins waking up. Yeah. Yep. You have to be, you have to be prepared to ask those questions when that phone call comes through to where you can get that vital information that, that you can make that, that right plan of action. So the plan starts before, before you even get the lead. Yeah. Before you get the lead, you got to map out what is the journey here. You know, the lead comes in, we sell the lead. What do we do with that information? How do we communicate what I promised as the salesperson? I don't care if you're a one-man show. It doesn't matter. You, you got to think of it in different roles of the business. I sell the job. The operations people are going to do the job. They got to know all the promises that we made as a salesman. Right. <laughs> they got to know about that conversation about the baby or the fact that, you know, the father-in-law lives with them has emphysema and she's really concerned about dust in the house or whatever it might be like if we're not communicating from sales to operations and having a process and a system that is repeatable that like in, in my old company my uh, it was funny my 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 old business partner was a, a organizational animal in a good way yeah and i used to sell these jobs and he would um he would not let me count it as a sale and put it into our CRM and all this other stuff until I had checked a bunch of boxes about things that needed to be communicated. Like I had to produce it. I don't mean had to, like it was a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. It was like, yeah. he's like, dude, I can't call and schedule this job until I have a notes page and what's important to them. I can't call and schedule this job and assign it to a crew until I understand what some of the most important things are here. Cause I don't want us to be blindsided. I don't want to get up. Cause what used to happen is I'd call, he'd call up the schedule before we had a process and he'd be like, Hey, Anthony, we're excited to paint your house. We're going to be there the week of June 18th or whatever, you know? And you'd be like, well, I told Tom, we needed it done by this coming Monday, you yeah. know? And then you look like an idiot and trust goes down. And so right. that's, again, that's why planning is so important. And you know, who was it? Was it Lincoln said, 
if I got eight hours to chop a tree down and spend six sharpening my saw or whatever it was, Lincoln yeah. or Washington, one of those guys. Um, but, and, and that's, and I think for contractors, it's really hard sometimes for us to see the value in slowing down, taking the time to come up with a plan and mapping things out because I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm not being effective. You know, I'm not moving forward if I'm slowing down. It's a big personality thing for me. I want to see some yeah. progress, but think of this as, hey, we're, we're putting in the good base for the landscaping here. We're putting in, this is the prep work to make the project last forever is really what planning is. I mean, I think, I think with, with that issue, I think, uh, like you said, slowing down is not the easiest thing to do for some people. But once you've been in enough situations of rushing into something that just caused you frustration mm-hmm. uh, and time and money, it should be second nature to be like, all right, I need to do something different because yeah. it's just not working. I got people yeah. that's mad at me. I'm frustrated mm-hmm. on the job site. And I'm not making money. Like, yeah. So I think being able to slow down and just realize that every situation is not going to be ideal. Getting that information up front and being able to plan for it, it's going to be some situations where you can say, this is probably not the, the best. Yeah. We're not the best match for each other. Here's here's something else I want to give. Um, I want to give contractors, because I'm hearing this a lot right now, is we all know there's a big labor shortage. And... This isn't so much, you just maybe think of it, something you said, and yeah, it has to do with planning, but it's more about communication with customers. Um, You know, we've had customers get upset with us because we have to push back the start date or, you know, uh, our employee's wife gets transferred and he quits. He's our right-hand guy and now he moves away. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like shit happens. And um, a lot of times contractors don't communicate in pretty close to real time with their customers what's happening and again that erodes trust yeah and so um i'm big into word tracks you know in our sales training programs and stuff we we have word tracks like hey when this is said this is what we say and you know not so much a script but just things that help put your mind in the right zone and one of the things um that, that we used to say a lot, I used to say, um, so let's say I'm, I can't, uh, I've sold so much work, like so many guys right now, I've sold so much work, I can't keep up. And I'm pushing people out. And I'm like, hey, I'm six weeks out. And people are like, six weeks, I want this done sooner and blah, blah, blah. Um, here, here's what I used to say to people, I'd be like, Anthony, I get it. You, um, you want to get this done, you're excited to get it done. And I'm really excited to do the job for you but I, I have a bit of a problem. Can I share my problem with you? Sure. Okay, thanks. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, we have a big labor shortage and I got a great team and our great team is booked out. And I know that you and other people want to get their projects done sooner. So I have one of two choices to make when this happens. I can have this conversation with you and you can, you can wait for my A-team to come in and we're going to knock it out of the park for you. Um, Great experience, uh, no hassles, blah, blah, blah. Um, Or I can do a knee-jerk reaction and try to fit you in sooner. But to do that, I got to throw out some ads, go on Craigslist and Facebook, try to find some employees that I might not know, and we can come to your house and practice. Which which of those (laughs) conversations makes most sense for us to have? Okay, and usually that 
that puts people at ease. Okay. They're like, well, I don't want you practicing on my house for 30 grand. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just, I'm trying to equip contractors there because it will buy you some time to help you create a better plan. And maybe you can move somebody up, but guys, I want to encourage contractors. Don't be afraid to have these direct conversations with people. Cause that's really what they want. They want you to be, they want any BS. Right. They just want to be told the truth. And, and again, this is even in the sale at all planning. You said before the phone even rings, right? Like what is our sales process going to look like when that phone rings and you're in the con- you're having a conversation. I'm going to be like, Hey, Anthony, are we up against any, any deadlines here? Like, is, is it a game breaker if I couldn't get out there for six weeks and do the job? You know, and if you're like, yeah, I have to have it done in two because my daughter's wedding reception is here or whatever, you know, then, then it's just simply like, well, yeah, I don't know if I'm your guy and I don't, I don't want you to be mad at me later when I can't hit that deadline. I mean, that's right. really what people want. Is that- I found that, I found that just from, uh, again, from listening to you and uh, everybody in the contractor fight, um, mentioning it before it actually happened and remembering what to say when somebody said, are you, you, you know, you have enough sense to ask that question and they say, all right, uh, I needed it done before a month. And then you say, okay, well, if that's the case, what happens if we don't finish? Bingo. Right. Yeah. Let me know what happens if we don't finish. Cause if we don't finish and you say, okay, well, I mean, two more weeks, mm-hmm. there wouldn't be a problem. Then I know then we could, we we have a chance to go further. But if you respond and say, Oh, well then I'm probably gonna be really upset and I'm not gonna wanna pay you. Okay. Now I know we we probably won't be the best because we're too booked out. But just yep. being able to plan for those questions, having the yep. knowledge to plan for the question is say, like, all right, look, these all of these things that we have to do. I used to hate being on the phone with a initial phone call for 30 minutes. I thought it was mm-hmm. stupid. Like I really yeah. thought it was stupid. Like I don't yeah. why am I I don't even know you. Like yeah. one, yeah. I don't like talking on the phone that much, but I don't know you. Why I'm on the phone for 30 minutes. But now I stay on the phone for an hour getting all the information I need before yeah. I miss over something and agree to a project that I, I was blindsided on because I didn't take the time to try to make a plan for it. Yeah, there's, uh, I, I forget where I originally heard it, but it's it's probably some sales training thing a million years ago or something, but uh, the best time to defuse a bomb is before it blows up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. exactly what this is. It's going, hey, you mentioned you're in a hurry to get this thing done. What, you know, what would it look like if I wasn't able to finish by that date? Well, that's not that big of a deal. We were just hoping to have it done by then. You know, then now you right. know a little bit. And you want to put that in writing as well and make sure that you're on the same page. But um, but you you touched on something here that has to do with planning again, of course, because when you take, when you sell a job, and I, I believe every project we do should be broken down into man hours. Yeah. You know? And estimating is tough. Um, and I, I hope consumers that might listen to this can understand this. Estimating is part art and part science. Um, and you know, the, the science part is you go, it's X amount of square feet and a normal conditions. We can install this much in an hour. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the science part, the predictable stuff. The art is, uh, the floor is rotted underneath or there's access issues or it's up really high in the air and there's all these other things. And, um, 
And estimating is a really, really hard thing to do and to put times to stuff because it's really, that's what it is. It's a best guess really on our part. We're estimating, then we give a price. And then if we don't hit that number, we get our ass kicked financially and then we go broke. And so, um, so planning also involves job costing after every job within 24 hours. That's kind of our rule within 24 hours. We're breaking it down. Go, okay, we planned on the tear out to take this long. How long did it take? We planned on this to take this long. We planned on this in materials. And then here's the estimated. Here's the actual. And when you do that on a regular basis each week, it helps you plan better when you're bidding more jobs. You, you block out the correct number of days on the schedule. Then in turn, you're communicating properly to the cl- customers that are coming up, what your time frames are, and you don't look like a schmo. But it all yeah. starts with, you know, really um, – job costing every project to see if what you thought was going to happen happened and if it didn't at least you'll know where to look and make adjustments before it's too late. i think that's that's huge i all of my listeners all of my listeners if you are a customer if you are a customer please hear hear this part estimating is difficult like this is something that everybody needs to know you might think that all oh, you've been doing this long, every project is different. Like every single project is different. Even if we're doing the same exact task in two different houses, because it's two different customers, it's mm-hmm. a different project. Yeah. You got different things to consider, different things. Uh, just like you said, uh, dust factor, uh, uh, yeah. a noise factor. This changes everything. Time is different when I have to move around this obstacle in a yeah. different route. So just being able to have that knowledge when you're reaching out to a contractor and then when you're responding to a contractor's estimate, just know that, one, I mean, some people have got it down to a science, but you know your numbers to a T, then you can probably give, give your customers a number quicker than some of the others. But if the contractor tells you it's going to take a couple of days just to give you an estimate, there might be a reason for it. Yeah. They might be putting time in to actually give you an accurate estimate versus just saying, Hey, this is what I think it's going to cost him. Well, one other thing I want to give some perspective to, to the, um, to the customer um, is when, so I'll give you guys some quick math here. And this is based on a comment I saw the other day. Um, this this customer ripped on a contractor because the contractor um, is a uh, kind of a handyman guy, and he's he they're like they wanted three screens replaced, and and he gave him a price, and it was I don't know it was going to end up being like five hundred bucks or whatever for him to go out there, send a team out there for half the day or whatever, and they're like half the day this is a 20 minute job and you know they're ripping them on social media and all this other garbage and uh what am i building a house that's what they said i'm not building a house i want three screens replaced or whatever and it was like there were trickier screens it wasn't just like popping a screen in and out or whatever um so a lot of times a customer will think that the the numbers that a contractor charges are just outrageous they'll go what do you guys charge an hour and things like that let me give you some perspective on a on a contracting business 
that has about $275,000 of overhead in a year. So I want to paint a picture here, right? Mm -hmm. You got a salary of an office manager. You have a salary as the owner of the company. You might have a couple part-time people that work in the office. You have the shop rent, you have marketing, you have insurance. I'm okay. I'm talking about all the money, the electricity, the phones, the website, Okay. All these things, you add them all up. Say you got about 275,000 bucks. If you have three field employees that guys that work in the field, you have to charge at least $55 per man hour just to pay the overhead. We're not even paying for the guys in the field yet or for material. And so if you're a customer, like some people are like, they were 125 bucks an hour. That's because they have to be. If you want to hire a legit business that's going to, you know, deliver on what they said, be in business long enough to stand behind the problems that happen, because there's always a problem. You right. know, it doesn't mean people are bad. You know, sometimes the earth moves and the floor cracks or whatever, you know. And um, so, like, I just want to get people it, when when you hear a handyman tell you that he's one hundred and twenty five an hour, that's one twenty five is not going into the guy's pocket. And the other thing here is the more expensive a company is, um, generally, the more efficient they are, okay? This was a big lesson I learned when I first started learning my numbers. My business partner and I, way back in the day, my first business partner, we went and bid the same job. This is hilarious. We went out to this project, and he walked the house, I walked the house, because we had just partnered up. We got in the truck, and I go, I'm making the numbers up here because I don't remember exactly, but right. I, he goes, what'd you get? I go, I got 10 grand. He's like, oh, that's crazy. I got, I got like 10 grand. I said, how many man hours did you come up with? And he was like 8,450. Not really, but it was this yeah, yeah, might as well yeah. been. He's like, how about you? And I'm like 48. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that's the other thing. The point is, is, it's not so much what the company charges per hour. It's what is their production rates? What's their experience level? Do they know, you know, you know, that old story of, you know, the, the stairs are squeaking and the guy goes out to fix them and he looks under the stairs, walks on the stairs, stands on it a bit, takes one nail out, drives it into a spot, hands the customer a bill for a hundred bucks. And they're like a hundred bucks. You drove one nail and you heard seven minutes. So he crossed it out and he wrote cost to drive the nail five bucks, knowing where to put it. 95 bucks <laughs> yeah. handed it back to him but that's so you can hire somebody who's cheaper and you know per hour or whatever you want to call it however people present their numbers for you but it it um i find generally the companies that are more expensive deliver a, they have the money they, we all this stuff with planning and the experience that we've been talking about if you hire the cheap guy he doesn't have any money to train his people he doesn't have any money to build a better culture he doesn't have any money to take time to plan because he's the chuck in the truck that's just throwing his shit in the job at the end of the day at seven o'clock so he could rush to the next job in the morning or when contractors are um you know millions of people could raise their hand to this one but it's like when a contractor says to you yeah i needed a uh i'm gonna start your job you give them a deposit they start the job and then they go, hey, I got to pull off for a day or two, or maybe they just don't show back up for a couple of days. It's generally because he went to start another job right. to get another deposit. Okay. And, and that's just no way to live as a contractor or as a customer. Okay. And it's generally because he's too cheap. When they got to get to the next job, it's because they're robbing Peter to pay Paul and you as the consumer, you're, you're paying for it, you know, 
and hassle and all that other crap. Right, thinking that you're getting a deal. Yeah. When it's costing you more headache. Yep. I think, um, I mean, I, I know we could go hours talking about how this just all revolves and how it comes back in circle uh on the benefits and downfalls but i think for the most part i think i think we, we we've covered it because i think it boils down to is you're just gonna be more efficient on both sides it's, it's just all about efficiency planning and scheduling is is going to show you who's going to be the most efficient on a project and the efficiency for the contractor means uh, more pro productivity, more profit for the uh, customer. It's just more peace of mind. Yeah, they, they avoid the typical BS, you know. Right. Um, and and I think there's also a benefit on both sides when you plan better and you have your act together. You've uh, you create a longer term relationship, and that that's a l less hassle on both sides. There, like. You know, I'm sure you have customers where they're like, yeah, we need Tyler. We need to refer Tyler, whatever it is. If we call Anthony, it's, it's yeah. done. It's the box is checked and you know, you know, their home. I mean, you've, how many times you've done this, you go back to do repeat job or something and you go, you know, yeah, Mary, that's a great idea. But remember the floor in that room drops a little here and because you're familiar with the home yeah. or whatever the situation might be. And so in the long run, it ends up being a better fit for both parties because for the business, you don't have to fight so hard to get leads all the time because you got repeat business and referral. And for the customer, you don't have to play the typical contractor. Let's find a contractor game, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And it all, again, it all starts with just, you know, having a plan, you know, executing the plan, communicating with transparency with people. Um, and, uh, and I, and I think, you know, what, what I've learned from one of my business partners, Steve is, um, you know, he, he's always tried to implement the platinum rule, which is treat others the way they want to be treated, yeah. you know? And, um, and if we could just have that mindset with every customer, cause like you said, Anthony, everyone, every job's unique, you know, it might take you nine hours to do something in one job and 18 hours on the same type of thing because the customer has some special conditions or something, you know, yeah. that are just weird. Or maybe, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but maybe they're just a chatty Kathy and they won't leave you and your crew alone. And every <laughs> five minutes you turn around, they want to have a conversation and they're bringing you breakfast and, you know, they, you know, it's, which is great, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's like no two jobs are the same. And Unless look, you're in a controlled environment in a factory. So are you doing spec houses and yeah, you <laughs> true. That's a good point. Um, so, well, good stuff, man. Uh, do us a favor and let us know how, how we can reach you, um, how we can follow you on social media and uh, how they can get some more of this good info if they don't feel like listening to the Floormasters podcast anymore. Yeah, man. So, um, <laughs> well, the easiest thing is just hop on Google and just or any social media and just go the contractor fight and you'll run into us. Uh, I have something that'll help um, contractors that are listening plan better. And I think it all just starts with getting our heads right and having, having a good meeting rhythm in our business. And so if, if they want to get a free download, we have there, it's the contractorfight.com forward slash meetings. And it literally spells out, um, 
you know, the types of meetings you can have, what you should cover in those meetings, who should be in those meetings if you want to get a little bit better at planning and organizing, organizing things and in turn delivering a better experience. So contractorfight.com, the contractorfight.com forward slash meetings. And y'all take my advice and just go do it. Don't even think about it. Just go do it. If, if, even if you're already running an efficient company, just do it anyway. We can always be better. And it's always about bettering ourselves as contractors so we can get to the next level, unless you just don't want to do it anymore and you're ready to sell the business. But otherwise, we got we got to keep it moving, um, keep striving to be better contractors so we can uh, try to turn this whole mindset about contractors around and people just thinking that we're worthless and we're not going to do justice by them. But... Tom, I appreciate you for being on the show. Uh, everybody, y'all stay tuned to the Floormasters podcast. Stay tuned to the next week's episode, to the next guest. All the things that come on with the Floormasters podcast. And we're going to keep bringing you guys as much information as we can. And I appreciate you again. Uh, best best of luck to you. Keep doing what you're doing. And we, we all appreciate you. Anybody that knows you appreciates you. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. And, uh, and you're doing a good thing here, man. Keep it up. All right, take it easy. We will talk to you soon. Oh, the floor masters, the floor masters. Yeah, you got a project coming up. Better make sure that you're planning right. I can already feel that this freestyle not going to end tight. I'm not really feeling it morning, noon, evening, or night. About to fall off like a baby on a bike. Oh, but I kept it going. Somehow I kept it flowing. Give you the info and the knowledge you should be knowing. My show is steady growing. Hopefully it is. Somebody start. Alright, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one was bad. This one was bad. It's okay. It's okay. Cause y'all are gonna stay tuned to the next restop. It's gonna get better and better every time. Hey, if you heard something on this show that you liked and you appreciate the content, make sure you follow us. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review. Make sure you rate us. Tell a friend about the Floor Masters Podcast. People need this information. They need it. They need it. And we out.